all right so we are in the um, we've been looking at um, you know the series topic of uh, what's on your mind and uh, you know we today we i don't know if you can say sadly or happily you know we come to the end of this whole series we've been looking at for the last 5 weeks um i for one i'm glad you know i finally we are able to come to the end of the series of uh, messages that we've been looking at very specifically about um, the things that runs on our minds now um um you know as uh, as i said earlier you know we we come to a close of our series and at any point you know uh, thank god you know that we've been able to raise up the podcasts and uh, so all of the messages everything is available on the podcast at any point you want to go back you want to refer you know something you can always go back i would encourage you to go back and uh, you know go through these messages at some point you feel like you want to share you know any one of these messages with some of your friends i would encourage you to also go ahead and do that because i believe you know especially during this covid situation this is something which i believe you know every one of us needs to be able to meditate on we need to be able to understand that you know these are things that's going on in many many people's minds as we will look into that a little bit today uh, but it's important that you know we don't live with any of these negative emotions over the last 5 weeks we have looked at how our mind works we have looked at uh, worry and anxiety how to deal with that we have looked at frustrations we have looked at um, you know how to manage tensions okay and um, oh, what one thing that i want us all of us to understand especially regarding this series is you know all of these are negative emotions that can run in our minds and if we are not careful enough these negative emotions can overtake our minds and ultimately re, uh, enable us to reach a place where god never intended intended us for us to reach now having said that um, you know again um, the theme verse that we've been looking at you know over the last couple of weeks i hope you remember that it's from the book of romans chapter 12 verse 2 paul apostle paul is writing to the roman church where he says and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that is good and acceptable and perfect will of god now what is what is the what is the apostle paul telling you know to the church at rome one of the things you know that we must understand you know as followers of jesus christ we are called to live differently we are called to live with a higher standard we are called to live you know uh standards that are not of this world and he, paul here clearly he's mentioning how do you start doing that you don't start doing that by changing your the ways that you do things and by changing you know the methods or things like that it has to start paul very clearly emphatically he says here it has to start with your mind and how does that happen you need to be transformed by the renewing by the constant everyday renewing of what happens inside of you now you know like i said this is the last week today and with this we'll be closing our series but um, i don't know if you caught you know the main core uh, principle that we've been looking at over this last um, you know four today is the fifth week okay uh, this is the one principle that i want you to take back even after the series is over we are i mentioned this i mentioned this every week i think okay we are the gatekeepers of our mind i hope you never ever forget that we are the gatekeepers of our mind what we put inside here god is not responsible for that the devil is not responsible for that we are responsible for what we put in our minds here and when we allow anything to enter into our minds what happens we've seen this in week 
we process it with our hearts we start thinking with our hearts and ultimately what we think is what we ultimately become so it's very very important and very very you know essential to understand that what i put inside of my mind what i feed on what i you know keep feeding my mind with is ultimately what i will end up becoming and that you know church is what i want us to understand that's the core truth of everything that i have been sharing you are responsible for what you think you can't put that on god you can't put that on the enemy you know the enemy is this we'll look into that a little bit more in detail today but let's never forget that i am responsible for what i think all right now uh, today i've titled today's message as um, you know week 5 we've dealt with a lot of negative emotions and i think this is the number one emotion but i saved you know this for the last week because this is something that i believe every one of us has gone through and we are probably going through it even right now as we are looking at this but this is an important emotion that we need to be able to overcome because we look at why because you know in the time to come so our title today's you know uh, message as i think i am afraid i think i am afraid now let me ask this question to all of you who is here and who's listening how many of you have ever been afraid in your life about anything you know um <laughs> when i think about you know what i am afraid of i think uh, i think always back to my childhood sometimes i'm still afraid of it even today uh, sometimes you know um, i'm always been afraid of the deep water in the swimming pool all right i think i mentioned my story once all right uh, the thing about me being scared or afraid of um, the swimming pool is because uh, the deep water especially is because i used to think that you know when i'm swimming in the deep water and if i get tired i want to rest there's no way to you know set your foot on or hold so i used to be really afraid that what if i get tired when i'm swimming in the deep waters i know people who are afraid of the dark any one of you afraid of pitch dark you know you can't see anything around absolutely darkness all around i know people who are afraid of that i know also people who are afraid of heights you know i, I know a friend who would never go up to a high story building because he would be really scared you know to stand on top of the heights okay now these are some things now um okay let's let's talk about something that we we might be a little more familiar with how about insects anyone scared of insects here i remember this girl okay she could scream real loudly when you know there was a crawly insect that would just cockroach or spider she would just scream out loudly okay uh, i mean i'm just saying you know there are so many things that you know people are constantly afraid of okay these are some simple things that i mentioned it is not that simple but i'm just saying okay there are deeper you know bigger fears you know for a lot of people people um, you know have a fear of failure okay i think in college and um, in schools you know you experience that a lot there's a fear of rejection you know by your friends you know what if your friends don't accept you the way that you are there are there are people who have a fear of failure and can i tell you this it doesn't stop in college it doesn't stop in school i know people who have been much out of school much out of college they've been working for years together and still deep down they have the fear of failure i know ladies girls you know who have fear of men all right it's 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 i'm just saying you know the list of fears is endless isn't it people have different kinds of fears when you think about it now let's not forget the situation today covid all right how many of you have ever been afraid or have been scared that you know what if i get infected with this virus now we just heard you know the lockdown has been over tomorrow everyone you know is trying to resume back to normal work i don't know how many people are going to come into work or into college or into school in the days to come with the fear that you know 
Oh man, what if I get infected? What if the person who's sitting next to me is a carrier? I mean, I'm just saying, you know, the list goes on and on and on. But here's something that I want us to all of us to remember, you know, at the beginning of this message itself. Did you know, all right, if you're a Christ follower, if you've been following Christ and if you've been reading, you know, the Bible, you know, do you know that one of the most repeated commands in the Bible is to fear not? Many times over and over again, you read it, you know, right throughout scripture, all around, it keeps repeating that one command, do not fear, do not fear. Why? Because here's what I believe, church, and here's what I want us to grasp today. I believe God has not called us to live a life of fear. God has called us to live a life of peace, where we don't have fears. You know, the, um, it talks about a peace, you know, in scripture, a peace that surpasses all understanding. We, we looked at that, you know, a couple of weeks ago. You know, it's important for us to recognize that God has called us to live a peaceful life and not a life that is filled with fear. Now today, you know, for our time together today, what I want us to do is, you know, look at a very specific passage of scripture. We're going to look at the life of Jesus. I'm not going to go anywhere else, but I'm going to look at the life of Jesus and how he Alright, let me ask this question. Do you think he ever experienced fear when he was here on this earth? Alright, um, we'll, we'll, we'll just look into that. Alright, but uh, let, before we get into that portion of scripture, let me just give you the context. Context is very simple. Jesus, you know, this, this is moments before he's going to get arrested and going to be crucified. Alright, moments before where he's spending time alone with the Father in the Garden of Gethsemane. Many of you know this story well enough. Alright, um, so that's where the story is picking off from and um, it's found in the Gospel of Luke. Alright, Luke's Gospel chapter 22 verse 39 to 46. Let me just uh, read that out loudly for you. Alright, verse 39. Coming out, Jesus went to the Mount of Olives and he was, as he was accustomed and his disciples also followed him. When he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. Now, we need to understand the situation here. Jesus and his disciples have come into the garden. And Jesus, you know, there's, there's something going on inside of Jesus' heart. Alright? And he, he says, he tells his disciples, you know what, you guys, why don't you guys sit here and pray? Okay, make sure that you pray that you don't enter into temptation. I'm not going to be sitting with you guys here. I'm going to be going over there and I'm going to be praying on that side. And so 41, he says, and he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw and he knelt down and prayed. And what did he pray? Verse 42, he says, Father, if it is in your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus makes this prayer moments before he was going to get arrested. Why? Because Jesus knew what was going to happen. Jesus knew exactly that this is, you know, the situation or the events, the list of events, you know, he knew it very well. And he, he comes to the Lord in prayer. He comes to his father in prayer and he says, Daddy, I don't know if I'm ready to go with this. If it's possible, if it is in your will, please take this cup away from me. What I need to go through. Please don't let me go through that. He prays that prayer. Okay, and verse 43, it says immediately, then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. Okay, that, that, I, I, you know, that, that verse was very encouraging for me. You know, in moments when you're alone, when you feel sometimes, you know, you're, you're, there's so much of things that's going on around you. Okay, isn't it amazing to know that, you know, God listens to the prayer and he sends words of comfort, words of encouragement to us. And that's what happened to Jesus here. But verse 44, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Verse 45, when he rose up from prayer, he had come to his disciples. He found them sleeping from sorrow. I mean, 
Have you ever slept through a prayer meeting? Well, here's one. All right. And then he said to them, Why do you sleep? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Now, one of the observations, we're going to be sticking with this. Okay, we'll, we'll come back to this in a moment. But I want us to understand who is writing this gospel. It's Dr. Luke. All right. Luke was a physician and he is writing this. And he makes a very interesting observation in verse 44. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Now, the word agony here is an important word. Alright, because when you read through the Greek translation, the original word Greek, I mean the original word agony in the, in the Greek language, it stands, it, it stands as agonia. Agonia literally means great fear or anxiety. So if I were to rephrase that, you know, this is what it would read like. Jesus being in great fear and in anxiety. He prayed more earnestly. And when he prayed under that kind of, um, you know, that kind of experiential fear, his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Now, okay, there is, there is a medical condition for that. I think some of you know this medical condition. Okay, it's called hematohydrosis. Hematohydrosis literally states that when a human being comes under a certain level of stress, Anxiety. There's a lot of, you know, pressure that's there on that particular person. The, the blood vessels, you know, literally rupture into the sweat glands. And when they sweat, it comes in as drops of blood. Okay, Luke, the doctor, the physician, was very, very observant about this particular thing. And he records it in this particular passage of scripture. Now, why is this important for us to understand? All right, because when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, Here's what I want us to understand, church. He had a lot, he had experienced the fear of what he was going to go through. He had experienced, you know, the fear of what was going to happen. He was under a lot of stress and anxiety. And as a result, drops of sweat came out like blood. Now, the good thing for us is Jesus experienced fear, but he was able to overcome it. And because Jesus overcame fear, Church, I believe that's, you know, that's, that's very encouraging for us. Because Jesus overcame fear, we too can overcome the fear that is there in our lives. Now, before, before we get into that, okay, I just want to go through this one. I want to ask this one question. Jesus, you know, right through his life here on this earth, he could have experienced fear anywhere. But why was it that this specific situation that he experienced fear like never before? All right. Um, I want us to just go through, you know, a uh, couple of reasons which I believe, you know, Jesus experienced fear in this moment at this particular time for, you know, a very, very specific purpose and very, very specific reason. Now, here's, here's one of the reasons I believe. The reason, one of the reasons why I believe Jesus experienced fear in this moment was because he wanted to identify himself with us as fellow human beings. One thing that, you know, we know about Jesus Christ's life here on this earth, he was fully human, all right? He was fully, he was fully God, no doubt about that, but he was also fully man. He had a human mother who gave birth to him, all right? He was born as a real human being. He grew up in a village called Nazareth, 
all right he he had a dysfunctional family he lost his dad all right i mean i mean you know all of these things he went through he experienced you know the same kind of emotions that we as human beings experience here on this earth all right um hebrews okay in the book of hebrews this is what it says hebrews uh, the hebrews writer records this chapter 4 verse 15 to 16 hebrews 4 15 to 16 it says for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses but was in all points tempted as we are and yet without sin let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need no what what is mentioned here we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses yeah i think you know if if there's anything that we should listen to today i think that's one particular thing that we need to understand we have someone who's there with us who knows exactly the level the intensity of the pain of the emotion of the fear you know that we might be going through why because he himself could experience that same kind of intensity he too could have experienced and that's why it says here you know he could identify with us he could sympathize with our weaknesses he knew you know sometimes you know and i thank god you know jesus was not like a politician because many times you know when you hear political speeches what do people say they come and say yo we understand what's going through the people we understand their pain we understand their sorrow you know they they really don't understand because they have never been there only a person who's been through the similar kind of pain and you know kind of fear can experience and can have sympathy or have, can have compassion with the people that is going through something similar a couple of weeks back uh, i think some of you went through this okay me and my wife anu we were asked you know to give um, a testimonial you know to a you know to a secular platform we were asked you know to talk about what we went through as a couple before we were able to conceive a child there is a miracle child that we experienced every time i'm i'm not kidding church every time we see a childless couple even today both me and my wife anu we know the kind of intensity and the kind of you know pain and sorrow that that people that, that couple could be going through we can easily identify why because we have gone through that one particular experience and here's what i want us to understand church many times you know we ask the lord lord why am i going through this situation why am i here can i tell you something maybe god is setting you up for a time when somebody god is going to bring somebody into your life who's going through the same experiences that you have gone through so that you can be an agent of comfort for that particular person have you ever thought about it that way and that's what you know when it says yes we have a high priest who can sympathize with our weaknesses because he wanted to identify what we were going through but here's something that i want us to look at all right um hebrews uh, chapter 5 verse 2 all right jesus it says about jesus that he can have compassion on those who are ignorant and are going astray since he himself is also subject to weakness all right he have he can have compassion there's no doubt about it why because he knows what we're going through why because he himself has gone through that now i want you to come back you know to this particular thing he was in it says here that he was in jesus was in all points tempted as we are now here's an important observation that i want us to understand What is the temptation that Satan wanted to bring across to Jesus in this particular moment? One simple thing. Satan knew why Jesus had come. And we all know today, you know why Jesus came to the earth. Why did Jesus come to the earth? Because he was the way of salvation. He was God's redemption plan for us as fellow human beings. that you know if we are to experience salvation this was the only way. Jesus was the only way that we could experience salvation and freedom in our lives. Satan knew that as well. 
and that's why satan wanted to induce fear allow you know jesus to go through or experience fear why so that he could push jesus out of the will of god for his own life i mean if you remember you know in that passage we read what did jesus pray jesus prayed you know when he was undergoing this you know he was experiencing this kind of fear what did jesus say he prayed to the father he said daddy if it's possible take this cup away from me if it is possible let your will be then finally brings it down but father whatever it is let your will be done and not mine why did jesus make that statement because at some point he was tempted is there another way is there another way that you know i don't have to go through this and if there is some other way let that way be done tell here's the important thing that i want us to understand why does satan allow us to experience fear do you know why i put it up on your screen every time we make a decision out of fear it will never ever be in compliance with god's will in other words here's what i want us to understand satan allows us to experience fear so that if somehow if he can you know bound us with fear if he can bind us with that fear fear will stop us from going in accordance with what god has planned for us i don't know if you ever made a decision out of fear you know you've been so scared and you don't know what to do and you have decided that oh man if i do this this is going to happen if i do that that is going to happen have you ever acted on your fears and if if satan can get you to do that if the enemy can get you to act on your fear he can easily push you out of the will of god in your life and that's what satan wanted to do with jesus if somehow you know if satan was with jesus in this point and he was like you know if somehow you know jesus can move out of this god's redemption plan is not going to work out can you imagine what would have happened if that had actually taken place but thank god and praise god for the fact that we have a savior who was able to overcome the fear that the enemy had put abroad into his life now you know one of the things that i've observed over the years and i still observe it even today you know especially people you know in church people who have grown up you know in church and um many of the people you know they 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 know a lot of scripture in fact um today you know i don't think many people especially in the church really need another bible teacher or really need another pastor you know to really um explain to them you know what's going on or you know in terms of the scripture to explain scripture to them because they know scripture really well that's one of my observations that has been there and most of the people that i have come across many of them they know a lot of scriptures up here in fact if you were to ask them to come up and preach they would preach it up really well much better than me or much better than any of us put together why because they know all of the scriptures here but the point what i want to make is many times even though they know scripture up in their minds they don't know the scriptures up in their hearts you know one of the interesting observations that paul you know when paul was writing to the roman church and you know the scripture that we're going to look at is a very very famous scripture many of us we know the scripture too well we we sometimes we quote it in our prayers we claim this you know many times when we're going through difficult situations and circumstances okay um it's from the book of romans um all right romans chapter 8 let me just read that out from verse 26 to 28 verse 26 it says likewise the spirit also helps us in our weaknesses for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought but the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered um another message another day i'll br- bring that scripture in all right verse 27 but he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession of the saints according to the will of god remember mind remember heart our mind is the gatekeeper 
we allow you know things to enter our mind and finally we process those things inside of our hearts now check this out verse 27 he who searches the hearts he searches your thoughts what you're meditating on and he comes to the mind because he knows what the mind of the spirit is can you can you see the connection here it's important you know that we connect ourselves with the mind of the spirit why because he he is the only one who's able to make the intercession for the saints according to the will of god now again i don't want to park there all right i'll i'll probably bring that up some other message series that's another time another day but what i want us to observe is what paul writes here verse 28 many of us we know this by heart and we know that all things work together for good to those who love god to those who are called according to his purpose now if i was with paul who was writing this letter to the roman church you know i would like to stop paul in verse 28 all right because paul is writing here we know all that that all things work together for good i would stop paul right there and i would ask paul paul how can you say that you know all things work together for good I mean I mean shouldn't it be and we hope that all things work together for good shouldn't be hope there because you know things are going bad all around me you know people are losing their jobs economy is crashing people are getting infected with corona virus all around me as i am speaking all right shouldn't i write in that particular verse i hope that all things work together for good you know what paul would say paul would emphatically come and say no 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 you don't understand danny it's not hope all right hope is a good word okay but here you should understand it it you should know that all things work out together okay paul i don't understand hope part all right but but okay fine if it's not hope i i i still can't understand no shouldn't it be believe paul you know and we believe that all things work together for good in the midst of my difficult circumstance in the midst of my difficult um, situation i'm believing i'm hoping that god is going to use all of these things you know to work to the best of me or you know to work for my good because i love god shouldn't it be that and you know what paul would say no it should be and we know that all things work together church here's a question that i want us to ask ourselves it's a good thing to hope i'm not taking hope away it's a good thing to believe i'm not taking believe away but do you know do you know that all things indeed work for good for those who love god it's and i believe you know the question that we need to ask all of ourselves today this evening even tomorrow you know as things are opening up and we have no idea you know what the future looks like for tomorrow but do you know that irrespective of what's going to happen tomorrow irrespective of things that are going to happen in the days to come do you know that all of those things god's going to take together and is going to make it work out for good how could jesus know that you know why because jesus knew the father do you know why paul could make a statement like that because paul knew the father do you know your father in heaven as intimately and as personally and not just a god of the bible not just a god you know the pastors are preaching in the church not just a god that you know you've heard somebody speak about but how well do you know your god how well do you know your father because if you know your father you will never allow fear to overcome you you will never allow fear to grip you it doesn't matter what's happening all around you will take one good look at those things and you will say listen i know my father i know my daddy and i know what my father is capable of and i know my what my daddy can do 
none of these things are going to bother me because my i know not because i hope and not because i believe those things are there but because i know what my father can do here's another reason why i believe jesus experienced fear in this particular moment he had the full knowledge of every single detail of everything that he was about to endure okay now we need to understand one thing i just said okay jesus was fully man but let's also understand jesus was fully god he knew every single detail of what was going to happen to him in the next few moments all right have you ever been in a place where you knew what was going to happen to you i i mean i remember i've been in a place like that okay like i told you my academic academics background was simply superb i remember when i would lose my papers my flunk my exams um i had a lot of fear coming home you know why because i knew in detail what everything was going to happen to me when i took my results to my dad i knew what was going to happen to me i knew exactly every detail you know what was going to happen okay i'm not saying i was god but you know i've been there before so i knew what was going to happen jesus here's what i want us to understand jesus was able to experience that fear and why you know god allowed jesus to experience fear because he was also able he had the full knowledge of everything that he was going to experience you know um if jesus had to pray that prayer father take this cup away from me it was because he knew what was going to happen to him now um i think i spoke about this you know in the previous messages but i just want to bring this one particular incident which i remember very very clearly that happened and um you know um like i said you know we were on vacation in malaysia and uh, john my eldest son john was just one year old at that particular point of time and he developed hand foot mouth disease and um you know it was a chinese new year it was a holiday most of the clinics private clinics were closed and we we were you know we went into the hospital and the hospital authorities immediately said you know the first thing that you need to do is you need to take a blood test and i remember you know holding john in my arm because he's one year old you need to understand he can't speak a word all he knows is mama i don't know if he was saying mama at that point i don't think so okay he was just crying out because he didn't know what to do and you know the nurse and the thing about john you know when he was young one year he was really on the chubby side okay we would find it very difficult sometimes to carry him because he was really really a lot of lot of fat was there on his side so the nurses took him you know to the room to try and figure out where his vein was and they couldn't figure his vein out because you know he was quite chubby they kept pricking him you know right throughout and i remember holding john in my hands and john is like you know he's like looking at me i don't know if he recognized but i mean I'm, of course he could recognize that you know that i'm somebody that's known to him and you know what i felt like at that point of time i felt like you know he was looking at me and is i felt literally that he was asking me daddy is there any way that you know you can avoid this from happening to me and you know this the nurse was going on pricking you know she couldn't find where the vein was and i remember you know in my mind i'm looking at him if you know if he could talk if he could understand what i was going to say something you know but in my mind i remember looking at my son john and telling him listen you need to go through this because this is the best way there is no other way you know they need to figure out what's wrong with you and this is the best way for them to figure it out so they need to do what they do and i believe you know in that conversation that day when jesus was talking to his father in the garden of gethsemane i believe a similar conversation was going on jesus you know was crying out to his father and saying daddy is there any way out of this do i have to go through you know this particular situation and you know what i believe his his father was telling him you need to understand son this is the only way 
and this is the best way and you need to go through it and Jesus endured what he endured because he had us in his mind when he went on that cross the only people that he was thinking about was for you and was for me that hey this is the best way and this is the only way for them to get into heaven and to have a relationship with God the father why did Jesus experience fear here's the last thing okay he was under a full scale attack by satan the spirit of fear now here's something that we need to understand about fear fear is not something fear is not an it fear is someone let me say that again fear is not an it fear is not something fear is someone all right and we need to understand about the enemy the enemy that we have satan you know how he works satan always looks for opportunistic times when he can attack us and do you know when he loves to attack us or when he prefers to attack us he prefers to attack us when we are at our weakest when we are at our weakest point when we are the most vulnerable you know when we are completely you know down discouraged feeling low those are the moments that jesus loves to come and attack us i mean the devil loves to come and attack us okay if you remember you know when jesus was fasting 40 days and 40 nights you know in the wilderness you know what happened all right luke chapter 4 verse 13 now when the devil had ended every temptation he departed from him until an opportune time when did the devil attack jesus when he was at his most vulnerable point and the devil you know was always looking for an opportunistic time to attack jesus why because he knew what jesus had come to this earth for and he didn't want that to happen so he was looking for an opportune time and in this garden of gethsemane he knew that jesus was once again in a vulnerable moment that he was in a weakest point one of the weakest point in his life and that's where he came with a full fledged attack the spirit of fear onto jesus but you know paul the apostle paul you know he makes an interesting observation and he writes to you know the pastor you know he writes to this pastor timothy all right and this is what he said second timothy chapter 1 verse 7 for god has not given us a spirit of fear but of power of love and of a sound mind what what is what is paul also mentioning here what is he saying fear is not in it fear is the spirit and the spirit of fear comes and attacks us when we are the most weakest in our lives now one of the questions you know that i keep getting asked many times is you know if that is true then what is really is the fear of the lord okay some of you know this to be true but let me just say the fear of the lord is not something you know which it means that you know i need to be scared of god i need to be afraid of god no that's not what the fear of the lord is, that's talking about in the old testament and even in new that's not what the fear of the lord is what is fear of the lord fear of the lord means to show reverence to the lord god almighty it means you know to respect him to honor him you know to be able to give him that reverence to revere him you know and that is the fear of the lord that's being spoken there because here's one thing that you know we need to understand god will never use fear to drive us to do the things that he wants us to do he will never do that it's the enemy who drives us to fear why so that he can pull us out from the will of god completely for our life he can move, remove the plan of god you know that god has in store for us if he can get us to act on our fears now um yeah, let me let me just um, <laughs> this is this is going to be very interesting okay the next few sentences that i'm going to say all right it's worth the whole message you know this whole message okay is worth the next few sentences that i'm going to say i'm going to give you a very very uh, encouraging thought you know for the day uh do you know ultimately what all fears lead to 
have you ever thought about that all fears ultimately okay is a fear of death i don't know if you ever thought about that and i mean think about the coronavirus situation do you know why the world is so gripped with fear simply not because of the fact that they might get infected but if they get infected what if they die all right if uh, some you know uh, like i said earlier you know there are people who have a fear of heights you know it's not the fear of heights as per se but it's the fear that you know if you jump off or you fall off that big height you'll just fall on the ground and splat you know you'll just splatter all over the ground and what will happen you die obviously you die all right fear of insects it's not insects as such you know the fear is that what if the insect bites you and then you die ultimately you know here's what i want to understand about every fear that any human being has ultimately it's the fear of death but can i tell you this do you know that ultimately one day you'll die revelation thought do you know that one day you're going to die anyways okay this i mean i don't know how but okay but, but i'm just saying you know you, we all know that right we all know that at some point we're going to die all right so why is it that you know we need to fear you know death ultimately because death is going to come but here's the good news you know for all the followers of christ if you're a christ follower if you believe in jesus christ this is a good news you know for that we need to carry all right all the time of our lives you know here's what here's what the hebrews writer says hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 to 15 in as much as the children are partaken of flesh and blood he himself likewise shared in the same what's this that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death that is the devil and release check this out release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage that's good news for us that jesus you know here's what he says that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death do you know what that means if you're a follower of christ if you believe in jesus christ do you know that you will never die you don't believe me all right check out what jesus said okay jesus told this to mary and martha all right and here's what he says okay um john's gospel chapter 11 verse 25 to 26 jesus said to her martha and mary i am the resurrection and the life he who believes in me though he may die what's this though he may die he shall live and whoever lives and believes in me shall never die and jesus asked your most obvious question do you believe this you know I've carried this belief you know inside of my heart for years together. I believe that you know when we close our eyes here on this earth do you know that when we open our eyes we'll be in heaven? All right now some of you might be telling hey what about the revelation and I don't know much about the revelation part but I'll tell you this Jesus when he was on the cross there were two criminals beside him and do you know what he promised one of the criminals you know what he said he said this day this very day you will be with me in paradise and i believe very strongly that when we close our eyes here on this earth we'll open our eyes in heaven and that is why we can experience and that is how we can experience the eternal life and that's why when i say that you know we will not die and that's what i mean i think you know we need to praise god you know for the fact that you know god has given us you know a release you know from the bondage of death and that's what he says in verse 26 you know um, you know go back to the hebrews here his word he says he released those through the fear of death we no longer have to fear death jesus christ has broken that bondage of the fear of death completely in our lives when he went upon that cross we need to believe that that we will never die all right now the problem many times is you know satan often tries to show us the future 
about what you know possibly could go wrong in the future. Um, you know, this can go wrong, that can go wrong, and um, many times, you know, when we look at you know how this now, like I said earlier, you know, we are responsible for the thoughts in our minds. There's no doubt about that. But do you know that Satan can actually influence those thoughts as well? And that is what he tries to do. When he tries to induce fear into our lives, if we begin to accept those fearful thoughts into our minds and into our hearts, ultimately Satan can, Satan can influence us to do the things that he wants us to do, opposed, very much opposed to what God wants us to do. And that's what Satan is trying to do. Every time he brings fear into our lives, you know, about the fear of the future. You know, last week we looked at this in, in detail. You know, many of us, you know, if we need to deal with the insecurity that we have in our lives, we need to stop fearing the future. It doesn't matter what the future holds for me because my future is in God's hands. I know that. It doesn't matter. We just saw, you know, what Paul told to the Roman church. What? You know, I know that anything and everything that happens around me, all these things, you know, God is going to work for good. I know that. It's not just a belief. It's not just a hope. I know that, you know, my father is going to take that and do it. And when we have that kind of knowledge, when we believe that, when we hope for that, and when we know that in the bottom of our hearts, it changes everything just as we see it. Here's, here's something, you know, that I've, I've learned a long time ago and I believe this, okay. Fear is expecting the enemy to move. Fear is expecting the devil to move while faith is believing, expecting God to move. You know what fear comes and tells us? Fear comes and tells us, man, this is not going to work out. Fear comes and tells us, man, you're not qualified enough for the job. You know, you, 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 why you of all the people? There are so many other talented people. There are so many people who can do a better job than you. You are definitely not cut out for this. And fear brings us, I, I still, I'll not forget, you know, the first time I was asked to preach a message. I remember that whole week, you know, I had not slept in the night. You know why? Because I just couldn't sleep. I kept thinking, you know, why did pastor tell me to preach the word? Why did, you know, this, and there was a lot of fear. And I began to think that, man, I'm not good enough. And I don't think this. And I think, that, you know, I, I, I strongly believe that, you know, a lot of things would go wrong. I believe that everything would mess up. And I believe that, you know, nothing is going to, good that's going to come out of the whole thing. Fear is expecting the devil to move. But in those moments, you know, when the devil tries to induce fear into our lives, do you know what we need the most at that point in time? We need faith. We need faith, you know, to shush the fear that the enemy brings in and says that, you know, fear, you're telling me this is how it's going to happen. I believe in faith that this is how it's going to happen. That's why when I say faith is expecting God to move. Fear is expecting the enemy to move. Can I tell you one more thing about fear? You know, Isaiah, the Old Testament prophet, he makes, you know, he says this, this is what God says. There is no peace for the wicked. There is absolutely no peace for the wicked. Do you know what that means? People who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. People who are living in sin. People who, you know, who have no acclaim or no, you know, this for God. They never have peace inside of their hearts. They constantly worry. They constantly anxious. They constantly, you know, thinking about everything that's going to possibly go wrong. And, you know, here's, here's a statement that I want to make. As much as you know the presence of God by peace, you know the presence of the devil by fear. There has been so many times, I'm sure, you know, if I were to sit down one-on-one -on -one with each of you, I'm sure there would be many times where you can recount and tell me that, Danny, in the, some of these moments, even though I should have been really scared and I should have been really afraid or fearful of what was going to happen, there was a strange peace that was filling inside of my heart. 
it's true about me it's true about you and when we know and here's what we we need to always understand you know it's in moments you know when we are filled with fear and we're gripped with fear we should understand that the enemy is trying to operate in our lives at that point of time we know god's presence why we know god's presence because there's a peace that comes inside of our heart we need to recognize we need to understand that when there is fear inside of our hearts it's because the enemy is trying to operate inside of our lives all right so you know even as even as we're going to close you know let me just quickly give you okay three methods okay which i believe is very crucial and you know how do you overcome fear let me just quickly give it to you all right here's the first thing i've said this right throughout all right right throughout the whole series and i keep saying this to you even individually over and over again all right the first step to overcoming fear is to admit your fear without shame now why i specifically said to admit your fear without shame do you know that one of the most difficult things to do is to admit that you're afraid one of the most difficult things for any person that i it's true of me it's true of every one of us i know i i i completely you know agree when i say that it's very difficult for me to come out and say that i'm afraid of something it's much more easier to wear a mask and say or pretend that you know i am everything going fine i'm not scared i think i can do this i mean, let me let me let me handle it we we rarely come across a point where we are able to open up and say that listen i think i am scared you know let me let me say this all right the end of fear in my life and in your life is when we expose the fears that we are carrying into the light you know why i say the light simply because of this i've said this over and over again god works in the light all right god works in the light when we understand that you know that god works in the light all right who works in the darkness the enemy does and many times you know when we are not willing to be honest and transparent about the fears that we carry you know the fear of rejection the fear of men you know the fear of you know what can happen in the future the fear of whatever fears you know if we are not willing to admit that we are afraid and that we are truly having that fear can i tell you something the enemy is going to continue to operate on those thoughts because like i told you earlier fear is a negative emotion that we carry and the enemy is going to operate again and again and again and he's going to keep inducing and he's going to push you ultimately out of the plan that god has for your life but when we bring it out and when we are willing to be honest and transparent when we are willing to you know the word the expression i like to use is can you bring it on to the table can you keep it open up you know in front of the table and say that listen i'm scared about this i don't know what it is i don't know how to go about it i'm not sure of you know what the future looks like for me god starts working god operates in the light and when we expose our fears into the open you know the best place to start exposing your fears is into the god's presence the second place is into someone that you can trust who's in a spiritually much more mature than you are when you are able to open up and express those god starts working in the fears of your life fear at the end of fear is when we expose it to the like here's number 2 number 1 you bring it on to the table admit that you're scared number 2 when you brought it on to the table submit it to god all right literally imagine you know a dining table where you know you're bringing the plate of food and you're placing it on the table you're exposed to food all right now what do you do you feed it to god all right stop feeding off your fears feed your fears to god 
give it to god you know submit your fears completely to god because if there's anyone who can handle the fears in your life more than me more than anybody else more than ourselves included it's god himself and you know uh, like i said earlier you know fear is a negative emotion that you know that we need to recognize that fear is a negative emotions many times you know we tend to act on our emotions many times you know we tend to act on our feelings isn't that true all right uh, many times you know we don't feel like coming to church so man i'm not going to church many times you know some of us college students we don't feel like going to college this day so we stay back you know sometimes you know we run our lives over the feelings that we have you know the, the other things are also true many times you know we feel a desire for revenge you know someone has said something or done something you know bad to us what's our first instinct our feeling man i need to, i th- i think i need to do something you know i'll do this and then they'll get the idea then they'll get the picture that they can't play around with my life sometimes you know we operate on our feelings you know we give in to sexual immoralities sometimes you know we 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 feel the fear i'm just saying sometimes we run our life on our feelings and we need to learn to act above our feelings I don't know if you know this you know medical surgeons do you know that they don't operate on their loved ones surgeries you know surgeons very rarely if they know the person who's lying on the operating table they many times they refuse to do the operation do you know why because they know that their emotions can cloud their judgment into doing the right thing into making the right decisions that they need to make many times you know it's 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 very difficult you know because our emotions can come in the way and stop us from making the right decision this is why i'm saying this is very important for us to understand when we admit our fears it's important we give our fears to the lord it's important that you know we admit and submit you know our fears to the lord it's also important to come before a spiritually mature person and admit the fears that you're carrying because you're not in the right position or the frame of mind to make a decision possibly at that point of time all right and here's the third one that i want us to say all right first we bring it onto the table admit our fears all right we submit our fears to god and here's the third thing we need to focus on god's presence and god's love all right seems to be very obvious but i want us to you know to to remember if you remember you know in the old testament moses all right he sends how many spies to canaan he sends 12 spies to canaan right and 10 of them come back Well, how did they come back you know what was the emotion that they were carrying when they came out of that particular land of canaan they were f- terrified at what they saw they saw the giants in the land and they're like man we look like grasshoppers in front of them you remember that story amazing story you should go back and read it okay it comes in the old testament i don't have the reference now but please go back and find out they come back you know after spying on everything that was there they come back with this fear in their hearts man those are giants they will they they are like grasshoppers in front of their eyes man we're never going to be able to conquer that but you know what god god had already given it to them right more you know two people caleb and joshua they saw their situation they saw that yes they were giants but you know what their focus was on their focus was not on the situation that was there around them their focus was on god himself here's here's something that i want us to recognize all right when it comes to fear the devil will always put a giant where god gives you the promise The devil will always put a giant where God puts his promise. 
And many times, if you're not careful, our focus can be on the giant that is there in the land and not on the promise that God has already given to us. And that was the problem with the spies, you know, when they came out of Canaan. Their eyes suddenly deviated, you know, to the surroundings and to the situation and to the giants that were there in the land. And they forgot that God had already promised them that this was the promised land. It was called the promised land. You know, I sometimes, you know, I used to think, why was it called the promised land? Because I think God wanted them to remember, listen, guys, you need to remember, this is the promised land. I've given it to you. I've given it to you. And every time they said promised land, they had to remember that, you know, God had promised it to them. But despite all of those things, when they saw the giants in the land, what happened? They allowed the fear to grip them and they took themselves out of the will or the plan that God had for their lives. I want you to remember that. And it's very, very important for us to recognize that. That, you know, even in moments of fear, even when situations around us, you know, looks impossible, when we keep our eyes fixed on the Lord Jesus, when we keep our eyes fixed on God, fear cannot have a place inside of our lives. Can I ask you this, church? How big is our God? How big is our God? You know, how, how, how big is our God? Is not God bigger than every giant that is there in our lives? Every giant, you know, that, that causes fear into our lives. You know, the economy, you know, the, 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 the situation of COVID, the situation of our careers, our future, our families, our relationships. I mean, is not God bigger than any one of those giants that we're facing? And yet many times, you know, when we look at these particular things, we get gripped with fear and we allow, you know, the devil to take us out of the promise that God has already given to us. Here's what David said, Psalms 23 verse 4. I close with this. Yatu, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know what David is saying? Yeah, I'm walking through the valley of death. Everywhere I look, there are giants. There is death everywhere. But for me, I will fear no evil. Why? Because my focus is on your rod, is on your presence, is on you, Lord. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me, even though I'm walking through the valley of death. And church, here's a question that I want us to, all of us to ask ourselves this evening as we close. What are we scared of? What are we afraid of? Those thoughts cannot overpower us, can never. When we learn, you know, to bring out our fears, when we learn to submit our fears to God, when we learn, you know, to keep our eyes fixed on God and not on the giants in our lives that is causing us so much of fear, things will slowly start falling into place and we will see us being able to move into the promised land that God has kept for our lives. Whatever area it is, whether it's in the area of econo economy, whether it's in the area of our finance, whether it's in the area of our relationship, whether it's in the area of our marriage, whether it's in the area of our studies, our college, our workplace, you know, whatever it is, you name that area. It's a promised land for us. But how many of us have has allowed the enemy to influence our thoughts with thoughts of fear, with thoughts of anxiety, with thoughts of, you know, worry? And, you know, even as we close today, I want, you know, just for a moment, I want us to just, you know, look to the Lord right now. All right, just for a moment. And I want us to think about, you know, the Holy Spirit. I want us to ask, you know, the Holy Spirit this evening. Lord, what am I afraid of? And I know, you know, many times we have allowed the enemy to overcome us, you know, with the thoughts of fear. 
with thoughts of anxiety you know even through this whole series you know the last 5 weeks what we have been looking at is it frustration are we frustrated about some things in our lives things are not working out there's no breakthrough are we tensed you know too much of tension after tension after tension are we you know struck with insecurities in our lives and many times god has tried to deal with any of those emotions and somehow we have always resisted you know from god dealing with those situations or like we looked at today are we looking at fear and we allowing fear to overgrip us and overpower us and keep us you know in the place where the devil wants us and not being able to move into the place where god wants us to move into where are we in our lives today even as we close this series today church i want us you know to retrospect introspect ourselves in our hearts in our thoughts what are the thoughts in our hearts and in our minds like we read today jesus came and he died on the cross so that we could be released from the bondage of death so that we don't have to you know be in the bondage of fear anymore in our lives but we can look to the lord you know knowing that everything that we're going through is for our own good